Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, I'd like to start off with just saying thank you for listening and sharing with your friends. Uh, we had a real God moment a couple of weeks ago where we hit 60 people in one day that listened to our podcast. Just a, a real blessing. And, and we hope that you're getting something out of this, finding a nugget that helps you. Um, just by us talking about how what our life's been like yeah so um we hit on last week of who who we're supposed to be or who we are versus who we think god wants us to be um and just mentioned that you know that doesn't always seem like the same person and you know david has said numerous times um you know, you got to figure out who you're supposed to be. Well, you know, sometimes my question is, okay, how do you do that? How do you figure out who you are and who you're supposed to be? Um, you know, we're all children. We've, we were born from a mother and a father, whether you're, they're in the picture or not. Um, but we're also all children of God and God has a plan for our lives. We're here for a reason. Um, He knew us in our mother's womb before we were even born. And so how do you find out what God's plan is for your life and and what he wants you to do with the life that he's given you? And so um, just kind of throwing some of those thoughts around, a lot of times I don't feel like um, who I am is who I'm supposed to be because I get so caught up in work and running the office and making sure that everybody's doing their job and getting people on the schedule. And it's just a constant um, buzz of activity. And sometimes I think, God, there has to be more to it than this. Um, Because a lot of times I'm, I'm cooped up in the office and don't get to or don't you know, see a lot of people outside of the office. And so therefore I'm not ministering to anybody or I'm not, um, spreading God's word like he intends us to do. And so just trying to figure out what I can do in my own little bubble that I am and in the place that he has me at right now and, and what that looks like. Well, and I think you bring up some really great points because The thing is, when you start looking at who you are, and that's what I preached on this weekend, um, you know, are you using your head logically to figure things out or are you using your heart? Because it it really kind of, God's been putting on me the last little while. Um, Be thankful. Even though it's not going perfect and no, not everything's great, but just being thankful for what he is doing because... You know, sometimes we we get into that, you give me one thing, I just want more. Kind of that child mentality and, and, you know, well, if I do this, then, you know, well, what about this? It just, you kind of get to the point where it's never enough. And God's been just working with me on just shut up and praise me. Shut up and thank me. And and I don't mean it that way, but for my mentality, that's how I got to think about it because, um, you know, my goal's been when we started counseling is is my counselor asked, who were you born to be? 
when God created you, stitched you together in your mother's womb. And that that's always struck me. And the goal is to find out, get back to that point. Um, a lot of that has to do with the connection between your head and your heart. Because when there's a disconnect there, your head logically says this cannot be done. When your heart's involved, it changes. Um, and we, I was reading the scripture this weekend over uh, when Joseph found out Mary was pregnant through the Holy Spirit and he was going to divorce her quietly just to end it, for lack of a better word. Um, but then an angel come to him and, and said, keep Mary as your wife. You have the Son of God who's going to save people from their sins. And, you know, what I realized in that scripture is the first part is who we are as humans. She did this. It's wrong. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to divorce her. I'm going to be done with this. I'm going to dot, dot, dot. But then you notice God changes. You see the connection between his head and his heart, where now his heart overrules his head. And so it's one of those things when you start figuring out who you are, people should be able to see Christ through you. Because if they can't see Christ through you, then is Christ in you? So, I mean, that's the thing is when you start connecting your head and your heart, and I said this this weekend, I say it regularly, if you're looking at something and it logically all makes sense, odds are it's not God. I'm not saying God can't do that. What I'm saying is, what we found is as we've wandered around in life and thought it made no sense and why'd we have to leave here and why'd we have to do this then when you look back it's all in god's it's all in line it's all god's plan but when you're wandering through it it doesn't feel like you're going anywhere yeah that's the great thing about how god works is you know when when something happens um, whether it be good or bad depending on the timing and it's all God's timing, but you can, there has been so many things happen that we looked back and we're like, Oh, that's why this happened so that this could take place. Or this, this is why I met this person and they either rubbed me the wrong way or we got along and hit it off so that, um, this would happen. You know, the simplest thing of, um, this, the house that we we've were blessed with, and um, it, it made us connect with some old friends, people that I grew up with, um, who her husband actually had a job opening for Hope. And so it's just like you can see God's interweaving through all of it. Not only was the house a blessing to us, but he also, had we not bought this house, Hope wouldn't have had the opportunity probably to have the job that she accepted um, when she left the hospital. And so it's just kind of cool to watch how God, if, if we can just be patient, which trust me is very difficult for both of us. Um, but when you get on the backside of whatever you're going through, you can look back and really see how God moved and, and, and molded you into who you're supposed to be coming. And I think that when I think that for us to get to where God wants us to be is an is a lifetime of molding and shaping us that we may not meet our full potential until we're in eternity with him. Yeah, I um I 
I'm ripping off a pastor now on a podcast. I have no idea who it was or who I heard, but he said every change, every movement of God and the change started with praise. Praising him, even though you don't feel like you're where you are. And and that really kind of struck me, and it's kind of been in the back of my head of of being thankful and praising his name when when there's a whole list of things that I'm not happy with, or it's not perfect. And, and it can apply to our marriage, our business, um, the way the house is going. I, I mean, there there's an endless list, but how do you praise his name when things look doom and gloom? And that's something that is really, God's been working on me um, through the time of instead of complaining about what I feel Susan should be doing or how work should be going or how money should be coming in, you know, there, there's a whole lot of things in that where instead I'm, I should be just praising him because Susan is in my life. I should be praising him because of what he's already done today. And that's a, for me, that's a concept that I've been working on trying to figure out what does that look like to, you know, say, thank you, God, for this check of $23.95, $23.95. I really wanted more. And, and so it's, anyway, that's kind of something that I've been, God keeps bringing back to me, praise me for what I've already done. Well, and that makes me think about a movie that I watched this weekend, and um, this girl lost her parents in a car wreck and had to go live with her aunt and uncle, which she didn't know very well, Um, but she was at a very low point in her life, and um, things were not going well at her new school, and the uncle was being mean and ugly, and anyway, she went to a church, and the pastor um, advised her, I think it was the pastor, anyway that, you know, she was, of course, saying that she'd lost her parents, and why did she lose them so young, and why did God put her through this, and why this, and why that? But the pastor made her, or encouraged her to think about, you know, praising God in the darkest moments, and thanking God for the time that she had with her parents, not the time that was taken away from her, but thanking Him for the time that they got to spend together. And so that's just, you know, a real lesson in we can praise him through the most difficult and darkest times. Um, And so at the end of the movie, as she was praying to God, obviously it turned around and, you know, everything worked out um, because it's one of those feel good chick flicks. But, um, you know, that was her her prayer. And, And thank you, Lord, for the time that I got to spend with my parents. And so I think it's, you know, like David said, we've, we've got to praise him because he's worthy of praise. And and we don't know what his plan is for our dark moments. We don't know what growth will come out of the things that seem so difficult. Yesterday was a very difficult day for me. Um, some of it was hormones. Some of it was lack of sleep. Some of it was just circumstances. And I just kept saying, Lord, I know I'm not handling this the way that you want me to handle it. I know that I've got this inner um, little devil inside of me that wants to be angry and lash out and not deal with it the way that you want me to. Um, but I'm trying really hard just to 
to get through it and to to handle it in a way that's glorifying to God because my prayers yesterday morning were Lord help me to glorify you in everything that I say and do and then I mean literally it was one thing after another that just kept coming at me that was not great you know and so he gave me the opportunity to make a choice of whether I'm going to praise him through the difficult things or to, you know, act my normal selfish self. And so most of the day I felt like I was acting like my normal selfish self, but a lot of the day I just held my tongue and didn't really lash out like opportunity presented itself for me to. Well, and I think of, you know, drawing this back to marriage, um, uh, Joyce Myers, I years ago I listened to her, and one of the things she said that that really kind of helped me through some bad times in our marriage is, you know, if you want to complain about your spouse, hey, there are a line of people that would love to have your spouse, and same way, you know, because everybody's situation's different and where they are. So when when you're complaining about what God's given you, there is somebody out there that wishes they had them. There's someone that's either alone or maybe they were an extremely abusive relationship that that your husband or wife looks like a queen or a king compared to what they've already had. And you know, that that's that coming back and praising God for what you have. If you're in struggles with your spouse right now, if you're praising God for allowing them to be in your life, and trust me, it will not be easy, and it is the last thing you'll want to do. I understand that. But I also understand that, you know, when when you divorce, you're alone. And and sometimes they, you find somebody, and they seem like a Prince Charming or a queen princess, and and then you kiss them and they turn into a toad. And so, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where you've really got to praise God for what you have and really start reflecting on their better qualities or what is great about them. Um, because it really is one of those things that everybody can find negatives. Negatives are extremely easy to find. Praising him in the bad times is extremely hard to do. So, um, it, it really complaining, griping, um, wishing you had it better, wishing it was, it, it, that's not going to get you anywhere but more miserable. Well, and I think a lot of times too, you know, we think, well, this spouse is not working out, so let's get a divorce and I'll find somebody that's better that either treats me better or looks better or whatever the case may be, or you're miserable in your job. So you quit because you think there's something better out there. It's that old saying, the grass is always greener. No, the grass is just the, the grass is the same grass is grass. So if you're on, you're never going to find the perfect job. You're never going to find the perfect spouse because there is no such thing. You know, there's always going to be faults in whatever job you're in. There's always going to be struggles. The hope is that you have better, you know, more positive um, things happen at your job than negative. But there's going to be the negative. The hope is that you and your spouse have 
more good times together than bad times, but there's going to be the bad times. And we all want this quick fix of, well, we're not happy today, so I want out. Well, tomorrow may be the greatest day, and you're not giving it the opportunity. And so, you know, God doesn't call us to be happy all the time. God calls us to have joy. And trust me, I'm trying to figure out the difference between being joyful and being happy. Um, and, and it's a heart thing, but then the head gets in the way. And so it's just um, trying to find that balance of there is always some way to find joy. And if it's nothing else, it's picking up your Bible and finding it in the Word and in God. Well, and, and you bring up a good point. Um, I have yet to find in the Bible where it says you will be happy. I mean, you know, there's positive things, but nowhere does it say you'll be happy. Joy and peace are different than happiness. Joy and peace are what you have inside of you. Happy is an emotion. And so when you're going through these bad circumstances, the peace of Christ, that's where when your head and your heart's connected, then your thought process is not all, this is wrong. This house is a perfect example. You know, I can give you a list as long as my arm of things that are wrong with this house still need to be fixed. We need to get done. We need to blah, blah, blah. I can, if I look at it from the opposite direction, I can tell you we've come a long ways from where we started and We've done the bulk of the work ourselves, so the cost has actually been material only. I mean, so when you really start looking at what positives have happened, there that list is a whole lot longer than the list of negatives because, again, it's your perspective. If you read through the Bible, if you're following Christ, he never says, okay, I'm going to give you a happy life and everything's going to go great. He says, rely on me. I can do what you you can't do. If you think it's impossible, hang on. Praise me. Thank me. I'll show you what's possible. Well, and that makes me think of, you know, we, we have a friend that always compares well, so-and-so is just full of rainbows and, what is it? Rainbow? Butterflies. Rainbows and butterflies. Their life is just rainbows and butterflies, and God's blessing them all the time, and blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, and, and that, it's also with social media, and I've, you know, even myself have thought, I really need to get off of social media, because everything on there seems like ra- ra- rainbows and roses. <laughs> and um, in reality, you know, he doesn't know what happens. You're taking a moment, say a revival or whatever, that yes, everything seems to be going great for everybody else and God's speaking through them and not through him. But you don't know that when they leave that revival, they're at odds with one another. Or when they came, they're at odds with one another. Or they may be dealing with the death of a loved one or a sick child or whatever. We all put on this front of, yes, everything's rainbows and roses. But that goes back to like David said, you know, we think that, um, man, I just lost my thought again. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you don't see the ins and outs of 
everybody else's daily life. And so, you know, and, and God says don't covet um, in the Bible. That's one of the commandments, actually. And, and so comparing your relationship, comparing your life to dot, 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 is for naught because you don't, you don't walk in their shoes 24-7. Yes, they may have a moment that they're living in butterflies and rainbows and roses and everything's going great, but that's not going to last forever because God call, tells us it's not going to. And so I think being mindful of, and, and instead of looking at others and what they have or what they do or whatever, you know, Find the things that you can be thankful for. Find the things that you can praise God for. Um, because nobody's life is always rainbows and butterflies. Right. And it, But if you watch Facebook, that's all that's there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, there's either someone died and, and uh, so everybody gets on there and says, I'm praying for your family, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and I'm not discounting prayer. That's not my point. My point is, you know, when... And, oh, we have the perfect family, and, and I guarantee you, you hide and watch, somebody's going to post Christmas pictures of how happy they are, and then come January or February, they'll, they'll no longer have a spouse, and all the pictures will be deleted of the spouse. Because that's the thing is, um, when you start comparing others to your life, um, it, it, there is no positive you can always find someone that seems happy, but you don't know their internal thoughts in their head. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where that peace and joy, if you're looking for happiness, that is an emotion that you will never complete all the time. Because without peace and joy, you can't see the positives every day. You can't see where God's hand's moving. Um, and I, I've been in some really dark spots over my life. Um, just heartbreaking to where there is, I, I don't see how God's ever going to do anything or get me through this or whatever. But you know, every time he's been there and he's taken care of it, it may not have been overnight, may not have been on the timeline I wanted. Maybe I want him to do it quicker. But some things take time, and, and honestly, you know, if, if you're running or you don't know God or you're creating, there's still consequences even after finding God. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not that God is a genie that fixes everything right this moment. Um, it's one of those things that you got to build the relationship, the relationship, relationship, relationship. That is the key to Christ is knowing who he is. So when you hear that small, quiet voice, you know that it's God speaking. Because I think back to that scripture where Joseph is getting ready to divorce Mary quietly, but he, he has a dream and an angel comes to him. Now, let's really think that through. How many dreams have you had that you're like, oh, that's 100% true. I'm going to follow it. That's where he knew it was God. That is so impressive to know that it's God and this is what I'm supposed to do. And that only comes with time and relationship and knowing his heart, connecting your head and your heart. So logically, Joseph should have divorced her logically, this makes no sense. How's the Holy Spirit going to get you pregnant? Mm -hmm. 
That, that makes no sense at all, logically. But when you have the heart of God, it all makes sense. Well, and I, so the, it brings us back around to um, finding out who we are, who you are, versus finding out who God wants you to be. And if you are not in his word, how are you going to know who he's called you to be? You know, if we have this idea of, you know, well, we're supposed to do this or we're supposed to do that. Um, this is who I am or whatever. But if you're, if you don't have that relationship with him, he can't show you and tell you who he designed you to be. You're just kind of roaming around, um, trying to figure it out on your own. And for me personally has not worked out well. And so I think that is the key is, you know, Joseph knew God's word. He knew God intimately in a personal way, because like David said, if, if an angel would have came to me and said, or came to Joseph and said, you know, don't divorce her, stay with her. She's carrying the child of God. If he didn't know God in a real personal way, there's no way that he would have listened to that angel um, because, you know, then you throw in what people are going to say, you know, she's going to be an outcast. It's going to be hard, but he trusted what God told him through an angel and, and knowing that Mary, you know, had God had his hand in who Mary was even. And because Mary was um, faithful and trusted, you know, even her thinking, how can I be pregnant? I'm not laid with anybody, you know, and trusting that God, again, through an angel said, you will be carrying the son of God. It's just that requires so much faith and trust and knowing for sure who God is. Yeah, it's really, and I, I can't find the scripture off real quickly, so I'll just paraphrase and look it up because I'm probably wrong. But it was something of the nature where when when the angel come to Mary and told her you're pregnant and with the Holy Spirit, she didn't say, nope, not going to happen, physically impossible, nope. She was all in. She, she's like, God, if this is you, I'm ready. Let's go. And, you know, that's where I think sometimes your perspective and your relationship with God changes the conversation. Because when the Holy Spirit talks to you, a lot of times it makes zero sense. Logically. Go talk to this person. Go do this. Go do that. What, whatever the situation is. And trying to be obedient. And I'm going to tie this back to your spouse again. Because your spouse is the one that's the hardest to deal with because you're with them all the time and you know they're bad things. But are you looking at the positives they've done? And I, I'm thinking back a couple Sundays ago, we we're driving to church and and uh, just a, something Susan said really as a man, as a husband, really just was like, yeah. She's like, man, you have abilities. It's amazing what God's blessed you with and how you can do all these things and fix these things. I'm just, I'm just in awe of what God's done. And, you know, as a man, you're, you're looking for respect. You're, you're looking for that love 
that, no, there's a lot of things I can't do. But there's a lot of things God's blessed me with. And for Susan to notice and say something, she may have always noticed, but to say something, just, I mean, it, it was it was a highlight for me. Um, not because she was making a big deal about me, but she was loving me for my abilities that God's given me and not pointing out every flaw I've got, which they're longer than both my arms put together. So, I, I mean, that's that's where, you know, God starts intersecting who we are and what we do and what this looks like because we're here to love our spouses in the way they need to be loved. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's, a, I think, a great point to end on is, you know, not only do we want to try to figure out who we are um, and who we're supposed to be, but I think it's so important to have that conversation with your spouse as well of, you know, this is who I think God's calling me to be, and this is what I think um, who I am. Um, and just to get that encouragement from um, from your spouse and to try to um, encourage them to continue to figure it out because you can't do it alone either. You know, uh, allow people to speak truth into your life and allow people to um, encourage you in trying to find figure out who you are and who God wants you to be. Well, okay, we're going to wrap this week up. We love you guys. We hope that uh, this impacts you. Um, God show you see a different side of God or a different side of your marriage or a different side of of what it, what the possibilities are. Um, we have a, it hadn't been an easy life, but we've kept kept God in it or we brought God in it about nine years ago, truthfully. And so we love you. Have a great week. You have to figure out who you are, and I I think that. You know, we've talked about this before, and I think it's a relevant conversation of who are you? And uh, I and I think that that's actually, if you'd work more on you instead of working on everybody else, the relationships would change. Well, and I think it's also on a, on a closing note that maybe we can pick up next week if we remember, is who are you versus who are you supposed to be in Christ? Yeah. Because for me, a lot of times, they're totally different people. Yeah. No, that's valid. Write that down. We're 50. We'll never remember it next <laughs> week. <laughs> Guys, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough time of the year. And uh, for marriages, for families, for just so many things. And uh, so I just really want to encourage you today that the two this season will pass. But I encourage you to start figuring out who you are um, because that's the only way you can change you is if you know who you are. And what I realized was who I thought I was and who I really was was two completely different people. Well, and I would just like to end. Sorry if I interrupted you. You paused long enough for me to jump in here. Um, instead of, and I, I'm speaking this to myself too, let us not forget the real reason that we celebrate Christmas. You don't have to go blow all of your money. People are still going to love you if you don't buy them a gift. Um, if they don't, 
then you maybe ought to reconsider who you're buying the gift for. Um, just focus, try to focus, on, do things that can remind you of why we even celebrate Christmas. It's got so commercialized and so out of hand and causes so much stress and anxiety that we kind of forget the real reason for celebrating. Um, yeah, no, I think that's great. Hey, you guys have a great week. We appreciate everybody listening, and we appreciate all that uh, all the support. Have a great week.